Well, I just want to say on behalf of all of us here at the JS for Justice podcast group, we are so sorry for the loss of your son, Marcus. Um, Thank you. You're very welcome. Can you share with us what Marcus was like as a father, as a son, as a brother? Can you go back and tell us when he was born and share that with us? Yeah, he was born May 25th, 1975, uh, my first child. And um, he was just like a, you know, like a regular little boy, but he was really, really friendly, you know. And I used to tell mama, <laughs> I'm scared somebody's going to steal him, you know, because <laughs> he talked to anybody, you know, adults. He'd <laughs> hold the door open for people. You know, he was just, he was. And he always stayed that way. You know, it's like people gravitated to Mark, um, you know, because he just had that type of aura about him, you know. Yeah. And um, he has a sister um, that he asked for. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah, because he was like four and... Um, he told me, he said, Mama, I want a baby sister. And I'm like, oh, oh, well, <laughs> okay, we'll get right on that. <laughs> and, you know, but he, I mean, and he adored his kids. I, When they were born, I hated to go to the hospital with him because I'd be like, Mark, let me hold him. Okay, Mama, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute for what? <laughs> and uh, it was when Anthony was born, that was his firstborn. And when I got to the hospital, um, he said, Mama, now I know what you mean. And it was because how I would always tell them, you know, how much I love them. Aww. So now, you know, he knew how that felt. And yeah. um, he was, he, I mean, Mark was, I miss him. Oh. <laughs> He, he seemed was, uh, he seemed like he gravitated towards his children and 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 became a dad that day. And yeah, just loved yeah. his family, very family oriented, and oh yeah, he he loved family, you know, and he uh, he didn't like um, you know for you to be sad or anything. Um, he, uh, when his grandmother passed away and, and both of my kids were extremely close to my parents. And um, when his grandmother passed away, um, his cousin, you know, he was hugging her and, and she was crying and he patted her and then he leaned her back and he went, Nikki. And she was like, huh? He said, now you have snot all on my shoulder. <laughs> And, you know, made us laugh. And he, he was just, I mean, his teenage years, oh, my God. <laughs> if I get through these, you know, like once somebody asked me, oh, you know, did Mark have girlfriends? I'm like, oh, Jesus, yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. When, when he hit that, uh, that, part of his life I'm like oh my god <laughs> you know and uh, but he was he was he was a fun guy you know it was um nobody would have ugly things to say about him you know he would just he you know he wasn't an angel yes he did you know things wrong but he didn't do anything to deserve the death penalty no. Yeah. I mean, we're all human, you know, we, right. we all live through life and right. have right. to go through those, you know, experimental ages and, and make uh -huh. mistakes to learn. And to me, he seemed like he was learning from a lot of his mistakes, but he was at the point to where he was doing such a, a great work to society, being a father and a, and a husband. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause he, you know, that's why I said he wasn't an angel, you know, and, he did things in his teen years, you know, but that's what I would tell him. You know, he was 37 years old. And when I, I would go down there to visit, I'd look at him and I'd say, 
you are just a just a big old dad now. You know, you have on <laughs> house shoes and where you know your pants used to stand up in the corner by themselves. They would start so tight. You know, you just have on your little pants and your house shoes, and you know, you're just you're just a big old dad, country dad. You know, country dad. So, yeah, big old country dad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So and we. Uh, when did, he, when did he get married? Um, they got married, I think, in August of 2002, I believe it was. Okay. So he he has children. And when does he meet, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Astrea? Astria. Astria. Okay. So he, he has children and he meets her? No. he Anthony was from a um, former relationship with... Uh, Michelle okay. and um, they met when I think when Anthony was like nine or ten months old so he was um, little yeah and he because his mother had gotten in trouble so she was in jail and you know Mark had him and he that was the thing like she had two older kids and he he was trying his best to keep all three of them together. Yeah. And um, you know, because he worked at night and he tried to work and, you know, and go in and take care of them and stuff. And and he was even living with her parents. And I told him, I said, Mark, I know what you're trying to do and that's good. I said, but you need to be able to come in and sleep you know, without having to be worried about Anthony, I said, you need to come home, you know? And so he finally did, you know, and then that way, because it was me, my mother, my sister and his sister, you know, to help him. And so he, you know, he finally came home, but as far as Astria, it was like, he literally married the girl from next door because she lived next door with her mother. She had moved out here from Louisiana and, you know, and they started talking or whatever and then dating. And so, yeah, he, she used to live next door to us. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I remember reading something about <clears throat> them being married. Um, and when did they move to Louisiana? Well, see that I can't tell you a year because it was funny She's from Louisiana, but she liked living in Texas and he liked living out there because it was like country, you know, and I told him, I said, Mark, (laughs) we have country areas in Texas, you know, so they would move here and they'd stay a little while and then he'd want to go back out there. So they'd move back out there and they had moved here again and, um, she got pregnant with their the youngest and then they left and i told him i said don't y'all move back here anymore i said because <laughs> i've got this baby and always have him and now y'all gonna move away and take him so Aww. yeah yeah so they moved back out there okay so it's january 4th 2013 walk me through that day Okay. Um, it was a, you know, like a normal day. Um, I used to watch Atticus, which is Kyra, my daughter's little boy. And, um, so I was over there with him and, um, and see, and Astrid and I used to talk all the time, every day, multiple times a day, text all through the day, you know, Yeah. and Mark used to say, I'm the in-law and I would tell him, oh, hush, <laughs> you know, so it was not odd, you know, for her to call me. And um, so um, my cousin had come over because she used to get her hair done around the corner. And usually anytime she would come, we would call Mark. And I told her, you know, now thinking, looking back on it, I'm like, I had said in my head, you know, it's time for me and Cheryl to call Mark so y'all can cut up. But we didn't. 
And so um, by this time, um, everybody was getting home. Um, my daughter and my son-in-law had gotten home and uh, Dave, my husband, had come to pick me up and Cheryl was leaving. Well, um, my phone rang and so it was Astria. And I told um, Dave, I said, you know, like I lifted, I said, this is Astria. I'm going to go in the garage so I can hear her. So I hugged Cheryl, you know, and um, went in the garage. And I could tell something was wrong, but it wasn't, um, you know, like hysterics or it, it was none of that. It was just that I knew her. I talked to her all the time. So I could tell something different in her voice. Yeah. And I said, um, what's the matter? And she said, I think Mark just did something to himself. And I said, no, I mean, what would make you think that? And she said, because we were texting and now I can't get him to answer. And I said, well, that's nothing strange. I said, you know how Mark is, he just won't answer. I said, especially if y'all getting into it, you know, he's not going to say anything. Yeah. So she said she was leaving work and she had called her parents um, to go over there and, and, you know, try and check on him or whatever. And I said, okay. And so but I didn't hear anything, anything, Dre. I didn't hear walking. I didn't hear keys. I didn't hear the car start. I didn't hear the door close. I didn't hear the car noises. You know, when like you're normal. Driving. Yeah, when you're in a car, you can usually hear that. It almost sounds like white noise, but it's not as loud. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and see, it's like now I know what it was different things that I was supposed to hear because I'm like, how were you leaving work? And I heard nothing. I didn't hear a car start up. So how are you leaving work? So um, I told her, I said, well, hold on a minute. And I clicked over and I called him and I was like, answer, 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 answer. You know, mm -hmm. but of course he didn't answer. And so, um, I got back, I clicked back over and she wasn't there, but she called me right back. So um, it was quiet, you know, and I was like, and I knew about how long it took her to get home. And so I said, um, are you there? And she was like, no. And it, it was just like this dream. That's, that's how quiet it was. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I waited a few more minutes and I said, are you there yet? And she said, yes, I'm here. Well, I used to ride home with her every night. She used to call me every night. She would get off at 10 o'clock. But any other time, I knew how she would do. Right before she would get home, I would hear ding, 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 ding. And I'd always go, put that seatbelt back on. You're not home yet. <laughs> yeah. So you so, knew. Yeah. So I didn't hear any of that after I asked, are you there? And she said, yes. And I said, are your parents there? And she was like, yes. Well, I had... Like I hold my phone on my left ear and I had my finger in my right ear so I could hear, you know, and I didn't hear anything. No mumbling, no, you stay out here, no keys exchanging hands. I didn't hear anything. And so she said, um, they're still not coming out. And I said, well, you know, just give them time they probably in there trying to figure out you know why he's not answering you back or whatever but inside i was nervous and i kept saying something's not right you know something's not right about this yeah and you know and then she said it again they're still not coming out and i said well just you know just wait a minute and then i heard her say he did and then she kind of went <laughs> And then her stepmother took the phone and said, Royce, I'm sorry. And I went into orbit. Oh, now yeah. did she, did the stepmother come out? Cause I read 
you know how sometimes people type up stuff in blogs, so sometimes it can be inconsistent or not consistent. Uh-huh. Somebody had said that she, the, the stepmother, had came out and said, "Royce, I'm sorry, he killed himself." No, he okay. just all she, all she said was, "Royce, I'm sorry." Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and she didn't even seem like she was beside herself. No, nobody was beside themselves oh at all. Goodness. You know, nobody was beside themselves. And that's the thing. I'm like, you just supposedly went in the house and found your son-in-law. And you're just able to just take the phone and calmly say, Royce, I'm sorry. You know, if if something happened to Ryan, who is my son-in-law, I'm not going to be calm. No. No. Mm Mm-mm. No, you would, yeah, it, it would be some, I know some people handle things differently, but I think most humans with a heart, you're going to be beside yourself. Almost. Oh, yeah. yes. And, and even she was, I mean, when Mary took the phone and said, Royce, I'm sorry, I didn't hear her, you know, nothing, no hysterics, no loud I, nothing i didn't hear nothing at all before that phone fell off my ear mm. yeah well and i left out a part like before she when she was saying they're still not coming out i was in the my daughter's garage and i was standing in front of the washing machine and she came outside and she went mama and I didn't move. And then she said, mama. And I turned around and looked at her. And I guess like Dave says, whatever look she saw in your face, she knew something was wrong because she started coming toward me, but it seemed like she was coming in slow motion. Right when she got to me was when Mary said, Royce, I'm sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine that moment for you that that uh, it's just you know it's like I said they need to pay for what my daughter had to witness in her garage because Dre I was gone all I can remember saying was her name and I could just remember her saying mama stop mama please stop uh. and then um Ryan came up behind her and he must have asked because he put his arms around both of us and he must have asked her what's wrong and her little bitty voice went I don't know but she knew what she was witnessing it had to have been something with her brother yeah it's just it it's the whole thing I don't understand I don't I've never understood that no Mm -mm. and i've seen in some of the reports too that they so they they come and get marcus's body Mm -hmm. and they go straight to the funeral home right so they never performed an autopsy or or did it an actual like investigation no the coroner never even saw him oh my gosh Mm -hmm. he went they took him um, you know, and I didn't know any of this until I started looking, you know, trying to find out information. But yeah, they took him uh, from the house to the funeral home. I've never heard of that, that it, especially in 2013. Mm-hmm. You know, that's there, whether it's homicide or not, there had to have been a thorough investigation completed and an autopsy. He was a young man with no underlying illnesses. Exactly. No, they took him from the house to the funeral home. Oh my goodness. So there was never any like blood splatter analyst or crime scene mm-hmm. forensics team, like nobody. Nobody. Mm-mm. Oh my no. goodness. That's to me is obstruction of justice. Oh yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, when police chief and some kind of involved, I believe, I guess that's how they handle it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Let's, that's not justice and that's that's not ethical. You know, you elect these these officials to be in these spots as public servants, you know, so right. it's like, where's the due justice? Where's right? Where's the work being done? This is an investigation. Like someone died. It's exactly. Mm-hmm. Is it true that he was exhumed in 2016? Yes. Were you able to get anybody to actually do an actual like exam on him? Oh, it was done by, you know, people out there. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've never gotten really any answers. No, it's, it's um, like I told the district attorney from out there, I said, with everything that's been done, all we have is more questions because none of it makes sense. You know, um, when Mark was exhumed, um, all these, you know, on the toxicology report, all these drugs and all, and I'm like, Mark literally would not take ibuprofen when he had a headache. You know, he would drink his little palm song, but Mark has never had fentanyl and all of this other kind of stuff. And it was fentanyl confirmed, I think, in brain tissue and his liver. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. None. None. No. There's nobody. When he was a teenager, yes, he smoked weed. But it's nobody that will tell you Mark ever took any type of hard drugs. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I don't know where that came from. No, that's very bizarre that that was even recorded that it was in his system. I mean, he doesn't have a history of using. Um, one of the questions that I did have is, you know, I read in one of the reports that it claimed that he had stuck the revolver in his mouth. Um, when you seen Marcus, was there any signs of trauma to the face, you know, like the mouth, the cheeks, the head? Did you see anything of that nature? No. And see, I saw him like this happened on um, Friday and I saw him that Monday. And, but I didn't know I was getting ready to see him. You know, like we had taken clothes and everything to the funeral home. And um, Pastor Ford, you know, we were sitting out there waiting and he came, you know, and he said, you know, to follow him. And I thought, you know, okay, we brought clothes and all, and, you know, he'll be in a casket and all. And when I turned that corner, like my cousins were, Cheryl and Steph were behind me and I just stopped. And he was laying down on that gurney and under a sheet. And um, Cheryl went, are you going in? And I said, yes, I am. And, but I knew Dre, I'm like, I am getting ready to see something I will never ever forget. He's no. going to be all messed up. He, no, he looked like any picture of Mark you've ever seen. Oh my goodness. He did, there was nothing wrong with his face. There was nothing wrong with his head. And even that's the weird thing. And that's what one of my friends told me. She said, Mark was working to show you even then, like her and her stepmother left out and I had turned my head. And when I turned back around, his mouth had opened up just a little bit. And I remember I could hear my, you know how you can hear your voice in your head. Yeah. And it was like, there's nothing wrong with his teeth. You know, and I'm trying to figure out how is that if he shot himself in the mouth? I mean, there's already nothing wrong with it, you know, that I can see. Yeah. And it was like I could hear my voice saying, Mark, what is this? I don't understand what I'm looking at. What, what is this? And it's just, I don't, you know, and I'm sorry because most of the time I'm not teary like I am today. Oh, but don't be just, sorry. No, don't be sorry. This was your son and it's not right what happened. You know, no, no. I, if he was so suicidal, 
wouldn't there be a note? Wouldn't there be signs? Like he would be clinically depressed. Like there'd be something. And he's never had anything like that. And, um, like when we got there, that happened Friday. And so, uh, my husband and I got there Saturday and, um, and you know, it's weird because that's what he told me. He said, I kept telling you, you know, we need to go. And he said, and you would be like, okay. And I told him, I said, because it seemed like if I stayed here, that wouldn't be true, you know? Yeah. But we finally went and, um, you know, and I went in there, uh, she was in bedroom and, um, I went in there and I asked her, I said, what happened? You know, what, what happened? What, what made him do that? And, um, she said that, you know, again, but this time she changed it and she said, we were talking and I, my phone went and then I heard Mark go, and then he didn't say anything else. And I just looked at her and I said, what are you talking about? I said, that's not what you told me. I said, you told me y'all were texting and you couldn't get hit. And then he stopped answering. I said, are you now telling me he did this in your ear? And I said, that would be heartless. And Mark was not heartless. And she she didn't say anything else. And I asked her, I said, where is his phone? I mean, what what were y'all texting that, you know, was so devastating to him? And she she said, oh, they said the phone was broke and it was blood on it. And it seems like she showed me her phone, but I didn't see anything that stood out, you know, that's, no. Yeah, that would, that would. Mark would leave his kids. No, Mm-mm. no. I Mm-mm. thought that the, the moment I started reading about him having children and I seen the the Facebook group that you guys have or the, the page for him and I'm just looking at his pictures and I'm thinking, I just, come on, Mm-mm. this doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm. His Mm-mm. He looks like he would give the world to his children. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he, he wouldn't leave his kids. No. no. So Estrella changed her story twice of what actually happened that day leading up to the murder or the death? Yeah. She, she like I twice. said, on Friday, you called it, right? Like I said, on Friday, mm-hmm. she said they were texting. And when I got there Saturday, she said they were on the phone talking. Oh, my goodness. hmm Yeah. Yeah, she changed it within 24 hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's just, it's very strange to me because it's, it's someone that you love, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, to me, I would be, I would want an investigation, you know, cause yes. it, it could, anything could have happened to him. You know, somebody could have came in and tried robbing. So it's like, oh, and see, that's the other thing she was going, she was leaving work to go home to take the key so her parents could get in. They never locked the door. Oh, wow. So they never yeah. had the doors locked. No, until at nighttime. Because that's what I told him one time. I was sitting in the kitchen, you know, had gone down there for a visit. And somebody just walked in. And I looked at Mark and I said, oh, it's like that now, huh? I said, oh, yeah. I said, you live in Mayberry. Yeah. Mayberry. <laughs> just walk right in. They had, it was like, it was the front door. It was a door under the carport. It was a door that led, they call it the outdoor kitchen. It was a, two doors that led out from there. Every one of them was unlocked. Oh my goodness. So until, had- at night, until at nighttime, you know, when he would go around and lock the doors, you know, like if, if we went somewhere or something, you know, they would lock them. Yeah. But, Otherwise, no. And then later on, you know, when I came back to Earth, I'm like, what would they need a key for? If Mark was there by himself, the door was unlocked. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. None. 
none of it makes sense. Mm-mm. Not any of it. Mm-hmm. So what was what was the town like, like Leonville? You know, what was the surroundings like? You know, what was the what was his neighborhood like? It was um I call it a one horse town because <laughs> it's yeah, it's you know, it's small. Um it, it's it's like the country, you know, like you went down going to his house, you went down this long little highway uh to get there. It's it's you know, it's spaced out. It's just like the country. I mean, you and everybody knows everybody because my daughter and I had gone one time and we had stopped at the gas station and the, she went inside, but you know, the man hadn't seen our license plate or nothing. And she said, he looked at her and he went, you're not from out here, are you? She said, no, sir, I'm from Texas. Oh. You know, so they knew, you know, hey, this is somebody not from here. But, um, you know, it was a, it was a small it's a small town um like the that's what i couldn't understand with but you'll probably get to that with me when you want to ask questions or whatever um the police station was right around the corner oh really yeah so i'm not understanding this supposed i call it 911 chatter you know like this paper i got you know the ambulance being dispatched and the fire department was right around the corner too. Oh wow! So everything was centrally located right by the house. Uh huh. Oh wow. He lived. He lived on the corner, and like the post office, I think was down the street. The police department was around the corner. It seemed like the fire department was down the street. It was, you know, like Mayberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did she did she call nine one one like right after the discovery of Marcus or like what was the time frame like was it evening time frame? It was, she called me at six sixteen and no she never called nine one one supposedly her mother did. Wow, you ought to see my face. <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. She, she never called nine one one. And that's the weird thing. Um, like I've heard the nine one one call, and there's, you know, uh, my son in law. You know, we're we're here at the house, and and he and my daughter were on the phone, and he's kind of been upset because um, he's not working, and. Um, she can't get him to answer him you know he's not oh and this is just how she was talking and you know we're knocking and and we can't get him to answer and his truck is here and you know we need somebody to come uh they're not gonna have to break the door are they what oh my goodness uh-huh. so there was no panic in her voice no oh my and gosh. she gave the wrong she kept giving the wrong address twice you know and the the 911 operator was you know that's not coming up or whatever well i don't know if she wasn't there or whatever but this paper that i've seen uh the address or whatever that comes up from where the 911 call was made that's not mark's address what uh huh oh my goodness mm-hmm. yeah cuz i looked at that and i'm like that's not 3952 Highway 31. What? Where is this? And no, it's some some other address kept come on this paper that I've seen. And you know, like I guess it's the paper uh, report or whatever from like a 911 call. Yeah. And it, it has caller's address, and it's it's not Mark's address. So I don't know where she was. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, usually you give the, the dispatcher the address of the location you're calling from. Well, or it'll come up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Her the address should have been thirty nine fifty two highway thirty one, but it was it's not. So I don't know where she was. Wow. 
That's so crazy. That's, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me that you, as a mom, you know, and you're, you're all the way out in Texas. Exactly. And you're sitting there trying to get them to answer you like, okay, what's going on? What happened? Like, you, you know what I mean? It, while being frantic of what exactly happened to Marcus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, the night of Marcus's death, when did you guys drive to Louisiana? Did you guys go that night or did you go the next day? We went Saturday. We went the next day. The next day. Okay. Mm -hmm. And do you know, I, like I went that way, oh, I don't know how many times, you know, visiting him and them and, and all. And I, to this day, do not remember that ride there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You tune, you, your body goes into that trauma and you start tuning things out. You just get to yeah. that, you have tunnel vision, you know? Right, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember because I asked Dave, I said, we went the same way. And he was like, yeah. And I said, do you know, I do not remember that. And he said, I know you don't. He said, because you just pretty much wasn't there. Yeah. You were in shock. You know, it's like I tell anybody that, has tried to help. I, if it can be proven to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that Mark took his life, I will never ever understand that, but I'll accept it. But it's no, all arrows point to his life was taken and nobody out there is doing a thing about it. And they know you know, I mean, they know he didn't take his life because I had talked to, like on Mark's Justice page, um, this lady had left a message and wanted me to call her. And I called her and um, she said, asked me, you know, had I been in touch with the coroner or anything? I said, I haven't talked to that man. I said, I called him every day. I said, and he finally called me back exactly one month later, February 4th, 2013. I said, and I have not talked to that man since. And she said, well, my daughter supposedly took her life and, you know, I haven't been able to talk to him. And I said, what happened? You know, I asked her what happened to her. And she said, well, her boyfriend said, um, she sat down to make out a grocery list. I said, first red flag. And I said, go ahead and keep talking. And she said, um, and she was messing with a gun and she shot herself. And I said, did she leave a note? And she was like, no. I said, so what you're telling me is your daughter sat down to make out a grocery list for groceries. She knew she wasn't going to eat, but she didn't leave you a note. And she said, no. And I said, he killed your daughter. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was talking to the DA out there, he keeps bringing up this example, you know. And I told him, I said, we, all of our kids will do things that will surprise us. I said, but Mark wouldn't have taken his life. And he said, well, um, that's just like, um, I can't think of Cindy's last name right now. Um, he said, um, this other mother didn't think that her daughter took her life. I said, Cindy, I said, and she was proven right. I said, there was an investigation done. She told me how helpful you had been and all of this. I said, and he's now been indicted for murder. I said, what makes her daughter different from my son? Exactly. I said, and I would think you would give me an example of a real suicide if that's what you're trying to tell me. Or complete oh. an ethical investigation and give you proof. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they, I don't know what, like I said, if Mark was a secret agent, he never told us that. So, I don't know what the big cover-up is, is about. I don't. It makes no sense to me. The 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 like I said, the lies, the the contradictory reports that I've gotten, nothing makes sense. And I'm like, what is it 
about his death that y'all don't want to come out. Because I even have an email from the Attorney General's office apologizing to me for him being a victim of such a crime, but there's nothing they can do. What? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. when you say victim, like, that means uh -huh. a homicide. Exactly. Exactly. And what crime? If he took his own life, where's the crime? Exactly. Where is the crime? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So there's nothing, like, are you working with any investigators, like private investigators, any special forensics teams? Like, do you have a team set up? No. The um, Mark Harper with MJA Inc. is... Um, He's the one that's been, you know, doing different things, trying to help. And um, I had uh, this other um, group uh, together. We stand. I met uh, Sevgay on Facebook, and you know they've been trying to help. But otherwise, I don't have, you know, like any people like what you asked. But. Okay. Uh, you know, Mark has sent out in all of this different information to um, forensic people and all of that, and they all came back with the same determination, homicide. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because he's seen, you know, I don't ever want to see that or whatever, but Mark had always said if he ever saw pictures, he could he would know what happened or didn't happen. And so he's finally seen those and he told me, he said, Oh no, mm -mm, no. Number one, Dre, if you shoot yourself, don't you fall where you are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the scenario that they're trying to portray to us is Mark shot himself on the bed and then he turned around and sit straight up next to the bedside table. What? Yes, ma'am. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, if he would have shot himself on the bed, he, he would have fell on the bed. Uh -huh. Depending on how close he was to the, the bed and himself. Right. Right, but no, he, I think Mark said, what they're trying to portray, Mark would have had to do a 180 after he shot himself to turn around and sit upright on the floor after shooting himself over there by the bed. And then the phone is on the, the phone, I think it's on the bed. Then, of course, they put the Bible in there for theatrics. And he asked me one day, he said, is Mark right-handed or left-handed? And I said, right. He said, then why? And he said, just like this, he said, then why the hell is the gun on the left side? <gasps> what? Mm -hmm. the, gun on, the gun was on the left side of him? Yeah. Yeah, he said, then why the hell is the gun over by his left, over by his left hand? I was, was like, I don't know. Was he holding the gun at all? It was just laying over there by his, by over by his left side somewhere. Oh my goodness, that doesn't make any sense. Did he None. see? Did he say anything about like blood splatter? Yeah, he he told me about that, and he said something about there are two voids on the bed, and that means that something was there, and it was moved. Hmm. There's a case of a soldier, uh, she was a female soldier in 2005, mm -hmm. and her, her family's fighting for answers because she was in Balad, Iraq, and they said that she had committed suicide with her M16. Um, when you look at, this girl and I were about the same size, like she was about 5'2", mm 5'3", -hmm. weighed probably about anywhere from 100 to maybe 135 pounds. It seemed to me like it was a cover-up, like the coroner report didn't match up to the autopsy photos. Like nothing added up at all. Nothing adds up in this either, Dre, no. at all. And it's 
funny you brought that up because um like when I when the coroner called me and you know he kept talking uh you know because nobody ever talked to me nobody no nobody ever asked me anything about him and he said um his history was taken from the wife and the father-in-law and no and the wife's father and i said what history i said like his medical history and he said yes and i said well that's funny i say he wouldn't really have any because he wouldn't go to the doctor and then he started telling me about you know if i told him i said i saw mark and there was nothing wrong with him and he started telling me about you know if if you press the the muzzle up to your head and all of that and i said why do you keep talking about his head i said i was told he shot himself in the mouth and then he that's when he said oh well he or his uh death investigator would have to go over the notes and you know either one of them will call me back it's 2020 and i still haven't heard from him oh my goodness oh yeah yes but it's it's like you said the the pictures and the report uh like i can read the autopsy report and up here it'll tell you uh no fractures and all and then you come down about three or four lines and, and then it's no yeah then you come down no at the top is fractures and all this then you come down about three or four lines and there's no fractures and i'm like what did he heal then it tells you, you know, no damage to tongue and all. Well, how is that? He shot himself in the mouth. Yeah. And there would be like a collection of blood too, wouldn't there be? You would think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nothing, nothing matches because he didn't shoot himself. Where all those drugs come from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, they, would y'all gave him some kind of cocktail or whatever where he couldn't fight back or you know whatever they did i don't know i was gonna ask you because fentanyl fentanyl is pretty serious fentanyl is very yes. serious so it's like i mean and to me he seems like the type of guy that would not go down without a fight uh mm. mark would say in a minute we're gonna rearrange some furniture yeah, he, he, that's what he, that was his thing. I say, Mark gone on somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we're going to rearrange some furniture up in here. I say, I know you would. You know, but it's just, it's, and fentanyl wasn't only, I should have had that autopsy report, I mean, the toxicology report, so I could read it to you. And I didn't tell you the main part, the, the, the part that really got me started when I because see I didn't know what had happened I still didn't know what had happened and like it was two weeks later and that's you know like I said that's when I came back to earth and I was like wait a minute no something's not right about this and I called you know trying to get a police report and whatever and excuse me and the police chief told me i had to get that from astria and i said well she doesn't talk to me that was that should have been my other red flag she quit talking to me mm. when we talk every day and so i you know kept on and and uh, <clears throat> i called pastor ford at the funeral home and i told him i said pastor ford nobody will help me Nobody will answer my questions, nothing. I said, I don't even know where Mark was shot. And he did not hesitate. And he said, I saw no evidence of a gunshot wound. And I said, wait, what did you say? And he repeated it. And I said, well, did you see evidence of him being stabbed, beaten, you know, anything like that? And he said, no, I saw no evidence of that either. And I said, then how did he die? And he said, until I see what's written on the death certificate, I can't tell you. 
Mm. So they, they basically did his death certificate just say something like suicide aided by self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yeah. It says self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now I know your mouth is on your head, but in your head and your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said, it's it's a big mystery, and I can't figure out why, because he was just a regular person getting ready to come home. See, and that's what's so strange to me. One question that I do have is, did he ever share with any of you family members any problems in the marriage with him and Astria by chance? No, but he did with his friends. He did? Uh-huh. See, like... Um, um, Steve, that's his best friend. And Steve had got, see, that's the whole thing. Mark was getting ready to come home. Mark had a job that was starting at the end of January. And, um, but his other friend, Zach, called me, you know, and this was on years later. And he said, uh, Miss Royce, he said, I'll talk to that investigator or anybody you want me to talk to and tell them what Marcus told me, because they called him Marcus. And he said, he told me, we've tried, it's not working, that girl is crazy, I'm gonna get a divorce and get the hell on away from her. He said, I'm coming back home. He said, what will you do with your horses? Because they had horses. And he said, I'll put them over at my grandmother's if I have to. He wasn't going to tell me anything because he knows how I am about them. Yeah. I would have turned on a dime. You know, if you're being mean or whatever it is to him or whatever, then now you and I are going to have an issue. Yeah. You know, but it's like I said, here, I'll give you a, a motive. She found out Mark was having an affair with her cousin. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Was it proven? Yeah, it was proven. Oh. Uh-huh. So is that motive for anybody? I, I mean, yes, that's motive. I like snapped every Sunday. You know? <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, women do that. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And that's why I say, why would Mark take his life behind somebody he didn't even want? He told people he was through with her. So all of a sudden now he's going to take his life behind her. I don't think so. No. He well, seemed like, he seemed like, yeah, there was, there was things going on. You know what I mean? Behind closed doors, but I, he's going back home to Texas. He had a plan. Right. Right. Like I said, Steve's brother had gotten him a job and I think it started like January Anywhere from like the 26th, 27th, something like that. But yeah, because he asked him, you know, what he had to do. And he told me, he said, just come, because they called it H. He said, just come to H and fill out the paperwork. He got you in. So he had a job that was getting ready to start. Wow. So he was ready to move on, had everything oh, lined yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's... um. You know, where you asked, you said you saw he was exhumed. And, um, but she had two polygraph tests before that happened, inconclusive. Oh, really? So she had two lie detector tests and they both came back inconclusive? Uh huh. Three years later. Oh, three wow. years later. Yes. She had the, I forget, I think it was May 4th or 5th, 2016. But the next one, I believe, was May 17, 2016. The order was signed to exhume Mark on May 24th, and then he was exhumed on June 2nd. Now, what that sound like? They know good and well he didn't take his life. They know that. But why they're not doing anything about it, I don't know. Now, does she have any connections to anybody that could possibly be a part of the investigation like is there any 
anybody that she could be related to or friends with. Supposedly, um, from what Mark Harper and his uh, un uh, team found out, her and the police chief had been fooling around. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, we can't confirm that, but that would make sense as to why there was no ethical investigation if that is to be the case. Right. And, and plus, he was, she herself told my cousin that Joseph Noel is a close personal family friend. And that's the police chief. Oh, gosh. Who also shooed off the St. Landry Sheriff's Department from the scene. So they were told to go? Yes. Oh, wow. Which I don't understand because I know here in Texas, the Sheriff's Department is higher than the police department. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wow. shooed them away. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Yeah, that's that's not good at all, and it's it sounds so corrupted. Uh huh. So, with Mark Harper and his team, are they are they doing anything currently active with Marcus's case, like his story? He just um, sent in another request for um, because we've never gotten. Um, text the text messages content you know uh we got the phone record but it had no text message content so it just had so like the it, numbers right and so um he asked for that he asked for the because like i said he's seen pictures and all and so he asked for the he said he could see them you know taking pictures like video and pictures or whatever with their phone and he said if those are government issued you know he wants those pictures and if they were their private cell phones they're in trouble mm -hmm. so he sent in that request not too long ago and so you know we're waiting to see what comes of that they they probably won't send it because he had sent in numerous you know freedom of information act requests or whatever and they never answered never sent what he asked for wow so you guys are getting completely stonewalled by that state then that's terrible it's it's heartbreaking and tiresome and you know like i said and and i'm sick of it you know i'm i'm tired of this you took his life and you're just walking around like nothing happened, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now going forward with everybody getting to hear Marcus's story, what would you like everyone to know about Marcus's case currently? Like, is there anything you want to share? Like your goals, like what would you like to see soon happen? You know what I mean? As far as getting information out to the public, like what do you want people to know? Um, I want them to know that, you know, it's, this is a huge cover-up and the powers that be know it. I mean, there's, it's too many contradictory reports and, and times don't match up and, you know, and I want justice for him. I want whoever took his life to go to prison for that and then the people that are in with help and cover it up you know i want they don't need to hold that job because you're supposed to help people and you know not cover it up they've not helped me none of them they've not helped me and um when i talked to charles cravens who is the new district attorney in uh St. Landry Parish, well, he took the former one's place. You know, it was like when he was talking to me, he was, you know how when you know feel like somebody is trying to handle you? Yeah. You know, he was 
you know, um, I know that your son and, you know, family members sometimes can't accept that. I said, no, I can accept it if it's proven that he did that. I said, but everything that you all have supposedly done proves he did not. So, you know, they need to do something about that instead of covering it up. Yeah. You know, I, it was not my job to have to investigate my child's death. And that's what I really had to do. And you shouldn't have had to do that. No, I shouldn't have had to bury him and then turn around and have to try to figure out why. You ought to see my computer room. I have Sterilite boxes and all full of stuff about Mark. And that that's not my job. I retired from the phone company. I'm not an investigator, but that's what they've turned me into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you want to know. You want to know why. And you want to see justice for Marcus. Exactly. Well, yeah. and I, I want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing Marcus's story. And I just want to tell you, I admire your courage and your willpower to fight for your son and for your family. Thank you. You're very welcome.